past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad you've joined us here today and you'll be glad you joined us today because we have an excellent guest who's going to share with you about how you can show up in LinkedIn's search. So recruiters or other people who are looking for someone to do business with are going into LinkedIn and they're using the search function to find a profile. How do you make sure that you show up? And our guest today, Tom Powner, is going to show you, tell you, I guess, not show you, <laughs> tell you how you can make sure that you're your profile is powerful, especially, Tom, as you've said, with LinkedIn's search algorithms, machine learning, their artificial intelligence, how their search works is fairly complicated. So we're excited that you've joined us here today to talk about this, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's uh, a pleasure to be here. Yes. So, Tom, you have been teaching people about LinkedIn for quite a while now, and tell us why they need to be on LinkedIn Maybe even if they aren't in active job search, why why should people care about and spend their time working on LinkedIn? Well, if you don't want to have to need LinkedIn and, and then start everything, you want to when you're comfortable and you don't need to find the next job, and, and you want to be able to build that network at a peaceful pace and not in a panic mode. That's that's one of the core reasons. But in today's world. Being on LinkedIn is not something that we should think about doing. Something we we should do about you know strategically you know, growing our career and connected to opportunities, people, companies, and so on. There's 660 million people on LinkedIn. They're not all looking for jobs right now. Most of them are looking to network, connect, um, stay on top of the industry news, and be part of the company's profile on LinkedIn. So there's a lot of different reasons. Yeah, and uh, someone had posted on LinkedIn a few weeks ago, maybe about how being on LinkedIn consistently is important and people are always afraid that, you know, if I get active on LinkedIn, people think I'm going to be looking, which I don't think that Sigma really exists as much as it, as it did before. But also if you're consistently active on LinkedIn, then if you do start looking, no one will know the difference, right? Right. You know, a lot of people, you, you made a good comment. A lot of people are worried about it. if I go on LinkedIn and I, I beef up my LinkedIn page, everyone's going to think I'm looking for a job. You know, the only way that would really happen if someone's looking at your page every single day and notice the, the tweaks and the edits and improvements you made on it. And most companies aren't doing that. And, you know, your boss is on LinkedIn, your boss's boss is on LinkedIn and so on. Um, that stigma from the 2009 and 10s and 2012 is, is gone. It's just a place to be. Right, and they're supposed to. <laughs> they're supposed to like yeah. that you're there as an employee because then you are promoting their business brand, which is every company's trying to do right now, whether it's to get sales or to get employees. So there's really a win-win for the company when you're on LinkedIn and, and active on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah, a lot of companies actually want their sales team and the leadership team to be on LinkedIn because it reflects the type of teams they hire and have. have. So, yes, there's, there's a win-win for everybody. Now, if they are um, if they're on LinkedIn, but maybe they haven't seen 
then it matters. What do you say to someone about why LinkedIn is so powerful? Well, LinkedIn is powerful because of their mission statement. They want to ensure everyone received the most valuable experience on LinkedIn. So Microsoft brought out LinkedIn a couple of years ago, and they're heavily investing to make sure if you're on LinkedIn to maybe build a sales pipeline of possible people to sell to you, you want to network with people you used to work with in the past, or you want to maybe look for job opportunity, or you want to build your professional brand, or your recruiter, you want to find the next top talent. LinkedIn is really heavily investing in the artificial intelligence, the machine learning, so the algorithms could actually help everyone for whatever reason around LinkedIn. So um, it's, it's, it's really powerful. And, and the more you use LinkedIn and, 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 and the more and more your profile is the right data, right it, it's just, just going to help in the long run. When we think when about LinkedIn in general, nothing but nothing but static And when that profile matches what's relevant to you, that's when um, LinkedIn would match you to job postings or to your next um, sale or to colleagues you worked in the past. And that's when the human connections take over and that's when conversations begin. So LinkedIn in the score is a big database and good data in gets good data out. Um, that's just a different way of looking at the back end of LinkedIn. Yeah, so the... It's a big database, and as you said, um, there's different people searching it for different reasons, right? So it's not just for job seekers that want to get found, although that tends to be probably most of who's coming to, to us and to you, but it's also for people who are looking for uh, a service provider, a freelancer, um, perhaps a even a business to do business with, right? It's a big business to business site, not just business to consumer or perhaps even bigger in business to business. Oh, yeah, it's one of the, the most uh, sought-out places for business-to-business to, business to, to connect. You know, even when we looked at company pages, like Verizon right now has 131,000 employees on LinkedIn. Um, WeWork, a company who's kind of in a, a transition period, they have 11,000 employees on LinkedIn. So even companies' pages, like if you visit some of these top companies, they spend a lot of money on their own company page on LinkedIn. They keep their brand in front of the employees, keep the brand in front of future employees. So it's really a place to for your professional life. Um, so if you're on LinkedIn, it doesn't mean you're looking for a job. It just means you care about your career and, and building that solid network for whatever reason you, you might need it in the future. Yeah, so when we were thinking about, well, most people probably already have a profile, right? Not maybe not everybody, but six hundred million, right? Is that right? Six hundred million? Six sixty? Yeah, six sixty and yeah, about hundred and twenty eight million people in the US. Um so it's a global um phenomenon. That's just in the US, so it's it's, it's pretty amazing. So most people probably have a profile. Um why should we care about content in there. You know, I know a lot of people have a couple of sentences. Make the case for why they should take the time to put some more data in there. Well, because it keeps LinkedIn keeps growing in, in users. Um, when I started teaching LinkedIn, you know, about nine years ago, I think it was 180 million people on LinkedIn, now there's 660. So there's so many profiles and so, many, so much data on LinkedIn that LinkedIn keeps coming out with different ways to make sure if a recruiter looking for a certain talent that it's going to use the data in your LinkedIn profile. So if a company is looking for someone to do marketing and is looking for these top 20 skills, the more profiles that match your top 20 skills, those profiles have a chance of getting into the 
you know, the list of possible candidates. And and then even if you do get chosen by a LinkedIn recruiter, the way LinkedIn recruiter works, then you actually actually speak to the human being. So the About Me page is a place where you can tell a story. Your career history is not, a lot more than a job title. When I do recruiting and I look at a LinkedIn profile, I know that there's a job title. Well, that tells me nothing about how successful, you know, how much responsibility you have, how did you make impact. So in today's world, your LinkedIn profile is your digital resume. Um, obviously, it's, it's public, so sometimes you want to be careful not sharing everything, but you want to share the most about your career as possible. Yeah, so people are going to look at that. They're going to read uh, the way that LinkedIn's kind of organized makes it makes it obvious that they think people are going to read the experience section first. So a lot of people think, oh, I don't need anything in my experience section, so I'll just put in my summary. If you look at how your profile's organized, to me, it's pretty obvious that they think that, you know, someone might read the summary, but really they want to get you down to your articles or your your content which we'll talk about a little bit but then your experience sections are, are much more um, weighty on LinkedIn and, and the big bold titles that, that they use so it's really their summary is important but then they've got these experience sections as well and uh, as you were saying before we were kind of planning the show that LinkedIn's got an algorithm right they've got their own way of searching and sometimes people who haven't been in marketing don't really understand how this works. So tell us a little bit about search engine optimization and how that works with LinkedIn profiles. Well, it, 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 in a basic concept, it's similar to the SEO of a website. If it's selling a certain, selling certain product, they want to get found if someone wants to search for that product. Well, it's very similar on LinkedIn with our profiles, especially on LinkedIn for a career growth. And we want to get found for these future job opportunities that might pop up today, tomorrow, or next year. Um, so the, the key words in your LinkedIn profile, um, the way the algorithm look, works, if someone does a talent search, all the things the recruiter is looking for, it's going to... Um, search the database uh, based on industry types of division, job titles, skill set, education, and the algorithms are going to sort out all the data. And it's so quickly, it's amazing that in a couple seconds, you have a whole list of possible candidates. So when we talk about the data and LinkedIn, that drives the search algorithms to find your your, um, your your page, basically. LinkedIn is almost like a mini website of your career within that platform. So if you're going to be searching for an Italian restaurant in your neighborhood on Google, if there's nothing, no information about your restaurant, you're not going to get found. You're not going to get customers. If you're on LinkedIn and you maybe might want a job next year or you might speak to a, a possible job this year, if you have nothing in LinkedIn profile, the odds of you getting found are very slim because it's very competitive out there. So all the content, the keywords matter dramatically. The keyword density and keyword diversity. The keyword density of those top keywords that should be in your skill sets and which drive a lot of the search algorithms, the keywords in your About Me page, all the content matters. There are three areas where the content keywords matter more, the headline, the job headline, and then the skill section. And then all the content matters after that just kind of as a secondary look. Um, so what drives the search algorithms is data matching data. So good data in, um, good results you get. No data or bad data, you get mismatched or you get no no one looking at your profile. So that's the core of the algorithms. But LinkedIn also has machine learning and artificial intelligence where it actually 
it learns about you. You know, if you watch, you can search for certain types of jobs. If you um, listen to certain types of videos on LinkedIn, if you follow certain types of people, um, LinkedIn keeps, learns about you, and then it tries to give you the best news feed based on what you do and what you like. Um, so LinkedIn's constantly learning your habits, just like a DVR. If anyone remembers TiVo back in the early 2000s, um, artificial intelligence learns your habits, so it provides you with information that's relevant to you. Um, so everything you do on LinkedIn matters, um, but starts with the right content, and then having good habits on LinkedIn, and, that's, and, and searching and spending time on LinkedIn toward the things that are relevant, relevant to you now and down the road. Yeah. Well, let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more specifically about what sections of your profile you need to power up to be able to get found in the search. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking with Tom Pounder about why you should care and what you should do to make sure that your LinkedIn profile gets found. And Tom, you were just talking about some of the search functions of LinkedIn and how it learns what people are trying to find. And it also prefers some different facets of the LinkedIn profile, although we, you know, they won't tell us for sure. Most of us have figured out that there are certain parts of the profile that matter most. So let's talk about what those are 
and some of your tips for people to make sure that they've really maximized those sections? Well, when we think about LinkedIn profiles, it's always a work in progress. So, you know, set it and forget it. It's not something I always recommend doing. But if you're going to start off and you want to do a Beverly Hills facelift, let's say, see your LinkedIn profile, there's some key areas that you want to maybe attack first. You know, our first thing I always recommend people to do is the introduction card. That's where your headshot is. That's where the banner image behind your headshot, you know, choosing a banner image or creating one that really reflects your brand. Um, the the um, headline, the headline, the 120 character that falls beneath the name and introduction card, creating a headline, it really gives me as much information or value about you as quickly as possible. All those things is what people see first before they take a dive into the profile. So those are one of the sections I always say we really should spend time on initially. Uh, another section of the, of the LinkedIn profile is the About Me page, which used to be called the Summary. They change it because they don't want people to summarize their careers. They want people to write about you. So you write about yourself, have a conversation, let people know who you are, what makes you tick, what value you bring to the table, your philosophy, leadership, how you, you know, collaborate with teams. I want to learn about what, you know, as a recruiter, I want to learn about you before I speak to you. And so that's kind of the social aspect of LinkedIn's About Me page. Another section you want to really optimize is the career experience section. Almost mirror the resume at some times, you know, or make some changes, but it needs to have the core value at each company, what you would charge of, what you did at each company, what you accomplished, how do you make contributions. That would be the third section I would really spend some time in optimizing. And then last section, uh, all the sections are important, but these four sections are, I think, are the most important to attack first. Um, and the, the fourth section is, is the keyword section, the keyword and endorsements. The opportunity for you to have the 50 most relevant keywords um, to reflect where you are now and more upon what job you might want to get next. So everything on a resume and LinkedIn is written towards your future, your next role, your next move. So the skill section is a place where you can share the top 50 most relevant skills. So you want to have a diverse set of skills. Um, because if a recruiter is looking for a certain type of skills in the industry in a type of position, there's a lot of different variations. So you want to have diversity in this section of skills. Um, so those are the four um, places I would do for like a, you know, a good facelift. And then after you get comfortable with that, go back in and look at the rest of the LinkedIn profile and even go back to these four sections and keep improving them, keep changing them as you learn more about LinkedIn and how it's powerful. Words are most important or how do we find out what words are really going to help us show up in the search? Well, it would be similar words that you would want your resume to reflect to get found in the applicant tracking software system. So, look at look at again. You, you, if you're on your LinkedIn profile to get a, a job tomorrow, next year, or be, want to be found for something that's relevant career-wise, you might want to look at five or ten job postings and get a get a top a flavor for the type of skills that would be needed for your next role. And those are the key words as far as skill sets, hard, soft, or technical skills you would want to optimize. Uh, when it comes to those soft skills, you really want to brag about all those soft skills you bring to the table because they're just as relevant as hard skills. Uh, with any recruiting, the, you know, what the person brings to the table and all those soft skills is equally important in my mind in, in many cases to find the right candidate. Um, so it needs to reflect you, your strength, the skills you need for the next job and what you're doing now. And that's a good guideline to um, 
you know, to, to really um, optimize the keywords because that will matter dramatically in an instant. I mean, I, I looked at the profile the other day, someone who's switching from, um, she, sw- she wants to switch from um, sales to human resources, and she couldn't figure out why she was getting no responses from the LinkedIn profile. She changed the headline, you know, wrote about it in an About Me page. But I look at the skill section, you know, out of 50 skills, 42 of them were based on sales, nothing about human resources. So she got poor results because she didn't have the right data in that section. So it, it doesn't matter that we always tweet, tweet, people are going to have the keywords and all the keep optimizing. Yeah, and one of my favorite ways to help clients, uh, especially if they're in active job search, is to look at some of the jobs that they want to apply to, especially on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn will tell you if you've got a premium account, which I don't necessarily recommend. But since I have one, I help my job seekers do that, where we can look at who else has applied for the job and um, not who else, but we can look at the skills of the other people who've applied for the job and kind of think about do we want to put those in your profile? Are they already there? How can we make sure those are highlighted if they're the top skills of other people who are applying the same the same types of jobs you are? So there's some, some tools that would help people do that, but it's really um, just critical thinking, right, to, to figure out what what keywords are people looking for focused on those hard skills because those are what people are probably going to search for first, right? Yeah, and when we look at the word, you look for one that's available to children, and then look for the compound one, or the, or the keyword that has the algorithm, the acronym and the word spelled out, like Sarbanes-Oxley. You know, you want to get SOX, and you, and you want to get the word spelled out, so you hit both types of keywords that might be being searched for. P&L management, you define P&L and P&L management, choose the, the right compound keywords, because that just increases the diversity of, of the search. Yeah, and and uh, we have the space, right, among all of those different pros- profile areas that you mentioned, we have the space to get in different types of the word, different synonyms, different phrases, so that it can show up um, a couple of, of times and, and help us get to the top of that search. Now, what role, we just have a few minutes left here, but I'm, I'm guessing people might be wondering, what role does the size of my network play into how high I show up in search, or are there other factors that we should be thinking about besides just keywords in our profile? Well, yeah, your size of your network matters. I mean, size isn't everything, but relevancy is. So someone could have a small network with 80 to 100 people, but it's extremely strategically important and relevant to the next career. And someone could have a, a, a network of 10,000 that's everyone all over the world and there's no synergy there. Um, so both matters. So I always say size and relevancy. Um, so if you're, if you're a lawyer and then you start connecting to veterinarians only for five five months, leaders are going to just learn something new about you and skewed information. It's going to kind of mess up the algorithms and, and what it's going to find you for. So, you know, stick to your your your, your craft, you know, companies you want to work for, um, thought leaders within your industry or, or type of companies, um, anyone you went to college with, people you worked with in the past. So when you start doing, we start digging, it's pretty easy to build a sizable network and it's going to be relevant to you. Obviously, people you know and people you want to know. 
Um, and people you want to work for, companies you, you want to work with. They always tell people, have a list of 20 companies and start building a network in those companies and follow those companies' pages, um, like those companies' posts. That brings a lot of machine learning and, and um, AI closer, and you become more relevant in those searches. But there's a lot of behaviors you can do on LinkedIn to really increase where you get found and how you get found. Yeah, and that idea of the strategy that if you know that the companies or even your former employees, your former colleagues, that they are connected to the recruiters who are going to be looking for jobs similar to yours, so you're going to be maybe a second level connection to that recruiter and be easier for them to find and to 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 meet or to connect with, I should say, I guess, on LinkedIn. So before we're um, before we move on here, you've got the profile, you, you mentioned your four areas, and they were the headline, the about section, the experience section, and then the skills? Yeah, the, the skills endorsement section. I mean, all, all areas are relevant and important, but these are the top ones you want to really spend extra time in. Okay, good. And... Um, now you can rearrange your skills, right? And you can have the, the top three that you wanted people to see on the top, but um, you can have 50. Is that right? You can still have 50 skills in there? Yeah, the, the maximum okay. is 50 skills. Um, so, um, yeah, and again, when you use compound skills or compound keywords, you actually could increase that just naturally. And yeah, the top three skills, you could, for visual, quick visual appeal, the top three most relevant keywords skills should be pinned to the top. You can unpin and repin any skill in your list to show up visually. It's just a quick visual appeal and that, you know, with visual beings, that will matter. Yeah. Well, Tom, you've shared such such great information. Please share with people how they can connect with you or follow you so they can keep learning how to improve their LinkedIn presence. Well, Obviously, it's going to be LinkedIn. That's the best place to find me. My last name is Powner, so there's only like, I think, 10 of us, Tom Powner's on LinkedIn, so you won't see 1,200 or 12,000. Um, so it's really easy to find me. Just um, search for Tom Powner. Um, careerthinker.com is my website, so you can connect with me there. Um, Twitter, um, Facebook, but I'll be hanging out on LinkedIn most of the time. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insights. And if you're listening, you know that you'll come back and I will share some deeper dive into this information that that Tom started with us. But we'll say goodbye to Tom and we'll see you right back here again in a few minutes on the Career Confidant. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
Today, we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today, we have been talking with Tom Pounder about LinkedIn and how you can optimize your LinkedIn profile to get found in search results. This doesn't have to be brain surgery, right? We can make this more complicated than it needs to be. People hear the term keywords and they start to go to this mystical, mythical place. And it's really just critical thinking about what words would someone be searching for when they're searching for a person like you. They're probably the exact same keywords that you use to search for a job when you are searching for the job you're looking for. Industry words, hard skills. We can get a little bit caught up in the soft skills as far as search goes. No one's searching for someone with excellent communication skills. They'd get a million results and they'd all be copied and and pasted and not necessarily um, backed up by any kind of uh, results or experience. So thinking about those words that really help a person find the right person, just like those words would help you find the right job. Those are the keywords that we're trying to include in your profile to help you get found. Of course, they're usually going to be searching by industry, I said, maybe by competitor. So we forget sometimes these other types of keywords that are really important. It's not just skills. Titles actually are the number one. People don't usually search by skills. They search by title. And that title sometimes is a skill like sales marketing, engineering even, right? They, it's a title, but it's also a skill. They're going to search by those words. They might search by an industry, and there's different places that they can uh, filter by industry. And then they might search by company. So the company you work for, the companies you used to work for, or they may keyword search by a company if they're looking for people who have perhaps worked with that competitor in a different way. So if you're in an arena where you work with customers in any fashion, you could put some of those customers into your profile and then you might show up when people are searching for those customers in addition to searching for the the titles and hard skills. Titles, hard skills, industries, 
possibly companies and locations. So they're going to filter by the location usually that you've put in. Sometimes people will be searching nationally, but it's a really easy way to filter down the number of profiles that are coming up in my search results if I filter by the location. And if, especially if I'm in a large metro area, why not find someone who's already located in my area and doesn't have to relocate, Doesn't we don't have to pay them to move, and, and perhaps they don't even have to commute that far. So recruiters are going to be searching in those ways to find your profile. Tom mentioned that uh, soft skills are important, and, and yes, they are to tell the stories about how you work. And that's where the soft skills really come in, is you're telling me what you did, what you achieved, the value that you add, and then the soft skills are how you achieved that. So you're working them into the statements and really bringing things together in a way that demonstrates those soft skills instead of just saying them, listing them, those platitudes that we're all um, seeing and, and tired of reading don't work very well anymore. Excellent communication skills, easy one to pick on. So when we think about sharing what we do on LinkedIn, start with your focus, start by thinking about what is it that you want to do, if you get some job descriptions together, what are the keywords that come up consistently? And and get getting that future focus. And then how can you translate what you've done in the past into that language if you're making some kind of a transition? And as Tom said, really thinking about your target audience. So he said he recommends people have a target list of at least 20 companies. I've worked with career service providers that recommend anywhere uh, between um, probably 10, 10. I've heard some that say five. I think that's a little too limiting. You might have a top five that you've prioritized but you've had others that you're watching or researching or have researched that are still kind of on your list, even though they're not at the top priority, anywhere between 10 and and 50, any more than 50, and it gets a little unwieldy. When I worked with people, I would never take the company off the list because then I'd forget that we'd already talked about it. So the list, we kind of have people at the bottom that we research them, they're not our top fits. And then some maybe people at the top that were the top fit companies and then some in the middle top ones we're really researching we're really going after them and of course as as Kyle Elliott shared a few weeks ago you're using LinkedIn to to positively reach out to people connect with them ask them about their work have those networking conversations with people that work in your target companies that used to work in your companies anywhere where you can start building those connections that would get you to be a second or third level connection for a recruiter who might be searching for someone to work at that company very important point perhaps that tom and i kind of glazed over when you go to update your profile turn off your announcements. So it's in your privacy settings where you can turn off your announcements and it won't announce that you've updated your profile. Seems like LinkedIn's defaults not announcing as many updates as they used to anyways, but it's a good idea to go into your privacy settings, turn off your announcements so that when you do update your profile, 
people don't see all of those updates. Maybe you do it at the very end if you want people to get an update that you updated your profile. Those aren't as uh, prevalent in people's profiles uh, or feeds as they used to be, but people still may be notified that you updated it. So if you want them to do that, you can turn it back on, make one more change, and it has to be somewhat substantive, substantive change in your headline or in your experience section, etc. or adding a job seems to really do a good job of sending an announcement and then you can send that out if you want to, but you don't have to. So set your privacy settings first before you go in and make the update. Other things that you'd want to do in before you go and make an update is to know what keywords you're trying to focus on. Probably write your documents in a Word document first and copy and paste it over into LinkedIn so that you make sure you don't have spelling errors that you don't want or um, you know other kinds of issues that can plague a, a profile. It does have a, a spell check, but it's perhaps not as robust as the, the LinkedIn inside your profile is. And that way you could also send it to a trusted colleague or friend or someone to help you proofread it before you move it into the, the public. And after you get it up there, then you start your networking, connecting with people, making sure that you are getting to be known in the circles that you want to be known in. Because although LinkedIn search algorithms, you can make your profile stronger to be found. What's really going to help you be found is connecting with other people on a more regular basis. That's the machine learning and, and artificial intelligence that Tom was talking about really doesn't have as much to do with your profile content as it does with your activity. And if you're looking at your LinkedIn profile today, you will see that your activity is a large visual part of your LinkedIn profile. And that is not a mistake. That is people's easy way to see what you're doing on this profile. And if you don't do anything on LinkedIn and that is empty, it doesn't look good, especially for people who are anywhat familiar with the, the platform. It's going to be immediately obvious that you don't do anything on LinkedIn. So that piece of it, your activity, is important. Be careful about what you like. Be careful about what you comment on. But do do those things, especially comments, comments that show your interest and knowledge without promoting yourself on someone else's post. That's one of the, you know, faux pas you can stay away from. But you can share, you can add value, you can say, yes, that's great. And here's another piece of thought around that so that people see you in their feeds and they are, they're seeing that interaction going on. Now, the third thing I would say that you're, you're doing is posting some kind of article on LinkedIn. And this can just be one. Posting a article on LinkedIn does not have the viewership that it used to have. Um, it, you know, it's it's hard to get those 
to be as visible as they used to be, but they are a visible part of your profile. So I almost use it like a bulletin board. And when I have something going on, I'll write an article about it maybe once or twice a quarter. And you could do a little bit more, you could do less. You could just have one where if at least someone clicked on that article because it's gonna make a big visual impact on your profile, they would go to that article and they would see something about your expertise. Ideally, there would also be a link at the end of that article that drove someone to see more about your expertise particularly relevant if you're some kind of contractor where you would want business. But even if you are a leader, at that article could be a call to action to come and work for you, something that would give people another way to connect with you when appropriate. I had a client once that put a snippet of a white paper into that article section on LinkedIn, and then there was an actual link to where the white paper was housed on an association website. And that's a great way to establish yourself as a thought leader is having some actual depth of thought leadership in the profile where people can click through and follow up with you and really see that there is depth to your thought leadership, not just an article that you wrote on LinkedIn. Not bad, but if you have something deeper and you can add it there, doing that will just add more value. So a lot of people that are using LinkedIn as kind of their quote unquote personal website, that's a fine thing to do. It, it, it's a good place to do that if you don't have need for an actual website. Um, if you're a freelancer, a lot of people are using it that way and, and it works pretty well. And you can post your media. That's another piece of it that, that we didn't talk about. So we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about those four areas real quick that Tom talked about. And then I'm going to add two more important areas that you focus on to make sure you get found on LinkedIn. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit, 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 visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we've been talking about LinkedIn profiles and your actual profile content and what you need to do to be able to be found on LinkedIn. So we talked about the areas that Tom went over. Your headline, so that's the area right under your name. Please don't use the default of your title at company. Having your title in there is great. That's one of the words that people will probably be searching when they're looking to find someone like you. You can add other titles in there. Uh, value statement, what do you help people do? What, what do you do? What problems do you solve? You don't want to get overly cutesy and make it so obtuse that I don't understand what you do. But having it just full of job titles doesn't have a lot of life to it. So you're trying to find somewhere in the middle there where you've got some job titles and some value statement that helps people connect with what you do, understand the value of what you do. Then you've got your about section, and this is your story. It's that story of the progression of your career. It's maybe your origin story of why you decided to get into this line of work. It's maybe a few of your favorite accomplishment stories. It's mostly work, but it's a little bit of personality so people can see how you work, why you love what you do, your your passion. But it should be clear what you do, and it shouldn't be, well, shouldn't. It's best if it's not a advertisement for your company. Even if you're an independent person, it needs to be something that shows me who you are. I've seen ones with more testimonials in them, but those testimonials are kind of carefully curated to make sure they speak to how that person works and who they are and and how they're different and clear as to what they do. And that's really what we want the summary about section to answer. Who are you? What do you do? How do you work? And why are you different? Why Why are you doing this? How will I connect with you? And if I read it, it should be clear that I'm going to connect with you or not. And that's a scary part for most of us, right? And then you've got your experience sections. 
These should also tell a story. Please don't copy and paste from your resume. It's painful for a recruiter who's already read your resume or who's read your LinkedIn profile first and now they have to read your resume. And still today, most of the HR people that I talk to will have you send a resume because they can't use the profile all the time for their applicant tracking system, which tracks, you know, what stage you're at in the process. People think of an applicant tracking system as just a weed out tool. And although that may be one function people are using it for, it's also what tracks the applicants, right? What stage are they in? Are they interviewing? Who have they interviewed with? What's coming up next for them? And so they might have you send in a resume to put in an applicant tracking system um, so that they can track you throughout the recruiting process. And somebody's going to read both. And the more your two documents engage that reader, the more FaceTime you get. So if it's an obvious copy and paste, I'm not going to read it, which means you lose. You lose time with me reading your stuff. Now, it can't be completely different because then I'm going, wait, this two different people. So it's this fine balance of having maybe a little bit elongated stories that were shortened in your resume because you didn't have as much space, something that's very complimentary and obvious that it's the same experience and yet gives me a little bit different information, different flavor, different voice for sure when I'm reading the resume versus the LinkedIn profile. Now, Skill section, Tom talked about, you have 50 skills. You don't necessarily need to have all 50 skills in there. Probably at least half that, 25 to 30 is good. And these need to be skills that are obviously related to the job that you wanna target. And the more research you can do behind that, the better you can continue to add skills, you can delete skills, you can rearrange your skills. They don't have to stay in LinkedIn's default order. You can decide which three to pin at the top. Those will show when someone's looking at your profile before they would click on, you know, to see all your skills. So the two out, two areas that we didn't talk about that are really important, job titles in the experience section. So when you are skimming down and looking at someone's profile, you'll notice that their job titles are the biggest, boldest thing on the page besides your name and your headline. Use that space wisely. You have 100 characters, which is almost as as many characters as are in your headline, to fill that space. Don't just put in a title. Put in your title and synonym titles and keywords. You can even put in a value statement of what was the top thing. What was the top thing that you did at that organization, if it makes sense. So that you've got that space popping out at people, not just with your title, but with some additional values, something additionally interesting, because it's big and bold and in their face. So use it wisely. The other section that we didn't really touch on, maybe advanced. I don't think the titles are advanced, by the way. I think that's a a must do because they are so prominent. The advanced section would be the media. So these are pictures and that's why they're powerful. Visuals have power. Visuals draw the eye. People are gonna click on it. It doesn't have to be a video. It could be a slideshow that you've created. 
um, at, a, at your company and then you, you know, take out any information that you can't share. A, you know, presentation you gave at a professional conference. It could be a dashboard that you've created. It could be a graphic that shows your performance, your KPIs, your performance against KPIs. There are a lot of different creative ways that you can use those media visuals that are powerful. And of course, as we were just talking about in the last segment, your article, if you get one up there onto LinkedIn, and your activity are also going to be powerful visuals. So be careful about those because they will attract clicks because they're visual. And can't be remiss at forgetting my last point here, your headshot. Your headshot needs to be 80% your head. If it's less than that, your head's too small. I'm actually, you know, kind of looking at my own going, oh, maybe my head is a little bit too far away in my profile. I could maybe move it in a little bit. Your face needs to be visible. And it has to be your face. If you're worried about discrimination of some kind, figure out how to get the best picture of yourself possible because not having a picture also creates discrimination. People say there's no picture. Are you a real person? And unfortunately today that's a valid concern because it's um, fairly easy for people to create false LinkedIn profiles. So go back, think about your targets. Who is your audience? What do they want to know? What keywords will they be using to search for someone like you? Don't make it harder than it is. And then go into your profile, get into something to your headline that goes beyond your job title. Tell me your story in your about section. Give me something beyond your resume in your experience section. And make sure you have your skills in the order that you want. And go out there, find Tom Powner, P-O-W-N-E-R on LinkedIn. You can follow him and get his tips. Of course, you're probably already there following me, but if not, feel free to follow me, Marie Zimanoff. And we will be right back here again next week with another great episode of The Career Confidant. If you have any questions or any topics that you think we should cover, feel free to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at Career thoughtleaders.com. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.